0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, on a very beautiful fall Sunday morning. Glad that you chose to be in church this morning. I know many of you here, but not all, for the benefit of those who don't know who this guy is. Uh, My name is H.C. Wilson. I'm the district superintendent of the Atlantic District of the Wesleyan Church, of which this church is a member congregation. So I'm here this morning in part uh, in that capacity. Uh, I have an official statement I want to read to you here in just a moment, and then I'm going to share some remarks, a sermonette of a sorts that grows out from that. The statement that I'm about to read, copies of this will be available at the information desk out in the uh, lobby, out in the atrium following the service, if you want to take one of these home with you. So please give me your attention if you would. As you have no doubt observed, Pastor Tim Guptel is not present here at church this morning. We all understand that the congregation would have questions concerning his absence, and we certainly want to address those questions. Pastor Tim and Gail came to my office on Thursday evening of this week to share a health concern with me concerning Pastor Tim. Following that conversation, I have been in contact with your board executive, Pastor Dale, the staff, and your local board of administration. Following medical advice, and with the full support of Pastor Tim and Gala, and at his request, your local board of administration has granted Pastor Tim a three-month paid stress leave, effective immediately. A three-month paid stress leave, effective immediately. Pastor Tim is dealing with a non-life-threatening health matter and needs his time to focus on treatment and healing. Your former pastor, LD Buckingham, has agreed to serve in a temporary role as interim pastor for these next months. He will begin his public ministry here by next Sunday. The staff has been consulted concerning this matter and is totally committed to continuing the high quality ministry we have all come to expect at Moncton Wesleyan. Please be in prayer for Pastor Tim, Gala and their daughters during these days and for respecting their privacy. Your prayers are also requested for Pastor Buckingham, the staff and board as ministry moves forward in the months ahead. Your board vice chair, Kevin Campbell, will keep the congregation informed when there are updates and any new developments a three-month paid stress leave non-life-threatening issues pastor buckingham will be here next sunday and going forward it's the essence of the matter before the service is over this morning we'll allow an opportunity for any of you who wish to do so to join me here around the front of the church and we will have prayer for the Guptals and for Dr. Buckingham and for all of us who are in any way involved or affected uh, by this decision and this circumstance. It's important you understand that this is not something being superimposed on Tim but rather is in response to medical advice and requests from him. And so I trust that you have uh, understood that clearly this morning. And without doubt when you came to church this morning this is not what you expected. I'm not sure what you expected, but I'm pretty sure this was not it. And so for a few minutes this morning, I want to actually talk to you around the topic, that's not what I expected. Life is like that. Life is punctuated with that's not what I expected moments. Some of these moments are pleasant surprises, and some others are devastating events. Some of these moments are light and casual, and some of them are heavy and dark and life-altering. There are undoubtedly staunch Maple Leaf fans in the house this morning who are more willing to admit it now than they were a year ago. (laughs) You have great hopes for Austin Matthews, as you should have. Go ahead, go ahead. But if you're all honest, you Leaf fans, the four goals that Austin Matthews scored in his NHL debut the other night, none of you expected that. That's not what you expected. Church services, we show up and come to church on Sunday morning or whenever and church services are more or less predictable in our North American culture. We to some extent understand the general structure and context of how the service is going to go but as some of you would know I served for five years as the director of the international ministries of the Wesleyan Church called Global Partners and had the privilege of visiting many countries where church is not nearly as predictable as it is here. I was in church one Sunday morning in the Democratic Republic of the Congo at the beginning of the service, a bride in full white dress regalia walked down the center aisle. That was not what I expected. I turned to the interpreter beside me and said, are we having a wedding this morning? He said, oh no, because if you go to church in Africa, anything could happen. You could have baby baptisms and weddings and funerals and, you know, somebody doing who knows what. I said, is this, no, no. He said, we do this rather regularly on Sunday morning to remind the church that we're the bride of Christ. And as a bride is expected to be pure before her husband, so the church should be pure before Christ. It's just a reminder, but it was not what I expected. I was in church one time in a two-day conference in the, the, the nation of Papua New Guinea, and we had to leave partway through a morning session, about like this. And the service was interrupted and we all had to go outside to watch the men who were nearby slaughter a pig. It was part of their deal. We were going to eat it at a feast a little later in the day. But I had never gone to church before to see a pig slaughtered. It was not what I expected. I was in church in Egypt one Sunday morning when they were going to christen or baptize babies. It's the first time in my life I've ever seen babies baptized by immersion. I mean heads right underwater, totally. It was a whole new deal to me. It was not quite what I expected. There were two little babies to whom this happened. And the the minister was holding the the baby's head in this hand and the baby's you-know-what in the other hand. And when he got over by the water, he said, In the name of the father, and the back of the head of the baby, went in about this far and left the face exposed. In the name of the father, in the name of the son. When he got to the name of the Holy Spirit, the whole head's right underwater. The little girl he baptized came up spitting water and screaming her lungs out. The little boy who was about just a few months old, he came up, never said a word, so to speak, never cried a tear, made no sound, but I swear to you, he gave the preacher a dirty look. (laughs) I said to the pastor after the service was over, did you see the look from that kid? What he was saying to you, I'll be back in 15 years and I will make this right then. But I have to tell you, when I went to church, it was not what I expected. But there are other things of a much more serious nature in the scriptures that were not what was expected. Follow with the reading of these words from Genesis chapter 29, about perhaps the greatest Old Testament illustration or example of that's not what I expected. Genesis 29 verse 16, now Laban had two daughters, The older daughter was named Leah and the younger one was Rachel. There was no sparkle in Leah's eyes, but Rachel had a beautiful figure and a lovely face. Since Jacob was in love with Rachel, he told her father, I'll work for seven years if you give me Rachel, your younger daughter, as my wife. Agreed, Laban replied. I'd rather give her to you than anyone else, so stay and work with me. So Jacob worked seven years to pay for Rachel, but his love for her was so strong that it seemed to him like only a few days. Finally, the time came for him to marry her. I have fulfilled my agreement, Jacob said to Laban. Now give me my wife so I can marry her. So Laban invited everyone in the neighborhood and prepared a wedding feast. But that night, when it was dark, key phrase, when it was dark, Laban took Leah to Jacob and he slept with her. Laban had given Leah a servant, Zilpah, to be her maid. But when Jacob woke up in the morning, it was Leah. What have you done to me? Jacob raged at Laban. Now, without being too earthy, guys, put yourself in his context, right? You're engaged to Rachel, and she has an older sister, Leah, that ain't much, apparently. And you get married in the dark. It's a culture, no electric lights and all this. You get married in the dark. She's delivered to you in the dark. You wake up in the morning, the first morning of your married life, you roll over and have a look at the ugly duckling. (laughs) Now guys, you tell me you would not be thinking in your heart that's not what I expected. (laughs) Because life sometimes does these things to us. In the New Testament of Matthew, there was an example there, you know, full well, when Mary, the mother of Christ, was engaged to Joseph And it came up that she was pregnant and joseph was going to put her away privately not causing her to be put to death which was the common practice for that kind of thing in that culture wanting to spare her life and assuming she had been unfaithful to him with some other man and an angel appeared to him in the night and said fear not to take mary your wife that which is conceived of her is of the holy ghost and so joseph did so but guys i don't mean to be picking on the guys this morning But suppose you were engaged to someone and you find out she's going to have a baby and you have a dream in the night and said, the Holy Ghost did it. (laughs) You surely would think, that's not what I expected. And when you came to Moncton Wesleyan this morning, you didn't anticipate an announcement that Pastor Tim is now on a three-month paid stress leave. That's not what you expected. And when our lives are punctuated by heavy, that's not what I expected, events, how are we supposed to respond, do you think? What do we hold on to in those moments? Because truism's not knowing what to do ultimately, truism's knowing what to do next. So when a that's not what I expected event comes into your life, what do you do next? Well, we do with our own lives or in this circumstance, we lift our focus above the triggering event. And remember, be reminded of things we already know. The extremity of a that's not what I expected moment causes us to bring them back to the top of our mind, hence we are reminded. They bring them back to mind and we are reminded of them so quickly, if you are facing a that's not what I expected event or when you do face one, here's a few things you already know that I leave with you for the morning's consideration. Reminder number one, God is never surprised. God has never had a that's not what I expected moment. Nothing sneaks up on him. It's great fun to surprise people who are close to us. Without a doubt in your family you have done some of those kind of rituals like at Christmas. You hide gifts perhaps somewhere in the house. You disguise them by packaging. You wrap a very small gift in a very large box. You might even lie, I'm sorry, fib. You might even lie about it. When they say, is it so-and-so, and you cross your fingers as if somehow crossing the fingers carried the grace of God's forgiveness, and you say, no, it's not that. <laughs> Maybe you shake the gift and hope you didn't break it. I've known of some who actually have opened the gift carefully and peeked inside and then tried to put it back so nobody would notice, right? Christmas 2014, our four grandchildren and their parents were at our home, and we sent our four grandkids around to several places in the house. Go look here, so they go look there, and then there'd be a note there that said, go look over here. And they went that four or five times around the house to various places in increasing levels of energy all over the place, and finally to a large box. And when they opened the large box, in it was a note that said the entire family is going to Disney World on a family vacation as a gift from Nana and Papa. The word surprise was everywhere evident and they hooped and they hollered and they jumped up and down and one of the kids made a video that I still like to watch from time to time because they were caught in the ecstasy of a moment that was not what they expected. That was positive, very, but some surprises are not positive and some are not energizing, but either way God's not surprised. I am the alpha and the omega, he said, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. In Matthew, he said, all things have been committed to me by my father. In Proverbs, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. Second Chronicles said, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. And circumstances, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes catch us off guard. But the King of kings and the Lord of lords is never caught off guard. God has several attributes that are unique to him because he is God, and one of those is called omniscience, which is defined in the dictionary as having complete or unlimited knowledge, awareness or understanding, perceiving everything. So please be reminded of this truth, that when life deals you with well, that's-not-what-I-expected hand that catches you totally off guard, remember that the master is never caught off guard. He's never surprised. Reminder number two is God can be trusted. He's never surprised and he can be trusted. I remember Leonard Anderson on this very pulpit making a statement one Sunday and I was sitting out in the crowd when he said about God, he said, trust him even when you cannot trace him. Trust him when you cannot trace him. And when the that's not what I expected moment hits you right in the solar plexus of your life, you can trust him even if you cannot him God knows the last chapter of our story ladies and gentlemen we do not we focus on what is now because that's all we can see but he focuses on what will be because he sees it all you remember the old testament story of Job Job if you don't know his story had kind of a bad time actually his animals were all stolen and all of his farmhands were killed but one who brought him that message. Same day fire fell from heaven as how it was put and killed his sheep and all of the shepherds but one who brought him that message. The Chaldeans had three raiding parties that showed up. They stole his camels and his donkeys and they killed all the workers but one who showed up to tell him that. And a tornado hit his house and killed every one of his children except one servant who showed up to tell him that that's not what he had expected as a man who was serving the God most high and when all of those things piled down on him it says this Job stood up and tore his robe in grief then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship and he said I came naked from my mother's womb and I will be naked when I leave the Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away praise the name of the Lord and in all of this Job did not sin by blaming God. My dad died on a Thursday afternoon in December of 1955. I was was 10 years old. My mother was only 43, young for a widow. I do not remember all that surrounded those events, those many years ago, ladies and gentlemen, but this I remember. My mother trusted God And in the midst of a crushing circumstance that was not what she expected, she did not sin by blaming God. As the NIV puts it, she did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. She understood and exercised her belief that I trust we all would embrace in the midst of any circumstance that was not what we expected, he can be trusted. Reminder number three, God's filled with compassion. God's filled with compassion. The Bible's shortest verse catches the master at the grave of his friend Lazarus. Shortest verse in the Bible. And it simply and poignantly says, Jesus wept. Powerful verse from near the end of Matthew's gospel says, Jerusalem, Jesus is speaking here. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you have killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings, but you were not willing and again in Matthew the Bible says let the little children come to me and don't hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these now let me just clear up one little thing here you know God is a just God and when judgment is warranted he's up to the job so to speak He is not, as some of his enemies would would cast him, he is not a weakened old softy that cannot and will not respond in his chosen time to evil and sinful behavior. Those who defy him do so at their own peril. Having said that, but when a that's not what I expected moment comes to a fully devoted follower of Christ, his compassionate side will show and be in evidence. A few years ago, Stephen Smith, a young man from this congregation, and I have clearance from his parents to talk about him this morning, which is always important to do, I think. He passed away while serving as a Global Partners Missionary in Central Asia, Asia, and while I was General Director there. It fell my terrible lot to talk to Kevin and Debbie about that. Just this very week, The Voice of the Martyrs is an organization some of you would know about, that works with the persecuted church around the world and they have a painting uh, that they present to the family of any missionary who lost their life in the service to Christ while serving in a foreign land. That painting that they give to such a family arrived at our office some time ago and this very week Peter Moore and I had the privilege of presenting that painting to Kevin, Stevens' dad. And what it shows is Christ Embracing the one who has lost their life in the service of the king. It's beautifully done. It is very touching. And in that moment, in that room, when we prayed for the family just this week, it showed once again that Christ is full of compassion. So remember, when one of those circumstances come to your life, he is filled with compassion. Reminder number four God is neither deaf, blind nor incapacitated Isaiah 59 says surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save nor his ear too dull to hear and when the, that's not what I expected moments come to our lives ladies and gentlemen whether he intervenes miraculously or not I take great comfort in the truth that he could Whether he does or not intervene in those kind of circumstances is a discussion for another time in another context. And when we get to heaven, we can ask about those things if they still matter to us then. But this much I know, he may or may not intervene in our circumstances, but his capacity to do so is unquestioned. So reminder number four is he's neither deaf, blind, blind, Or incapacitated. And reminder five God knows us and loves us as individuals and not just part of some nameless herd. Psalm 33 says, The eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those who hope in his unfailing love. For you who have children, did you ever look for your child in a crowd? Maybe playing hockey and they're all out there dressed in the same uniform. You can pick out your kid, maybe because he's the one that just fell down, but you can pick him out. I went to some games last winter to watch my grandson play hockey. He's only seven or eight years old, seven I guess he was then. He's, as yet, he's not Wayne Gretzky, he's just in the making. But I could pick him out in the crowd. I didn't care about those other kids. It was him I wanted to see. I know none of you ever felt that way. If, if the children's program here at Christmas is going to take place, it was announced this morning by Mark and others, if your child or grandchild is after, you tell me you're not going to be checking out where they are. And saying to the kid in front of them in your mind, move over so I can see my kid. How <laughs> am supposed to take a picture of them with you standing there. Get somewhere, right? If you go to the school play, if you're at the high school or university graduation, or you're waiting for passengers to get off of a plane, You're looking for your child, and how much more do you think the Heavenly Father's looking for us? When we step out of the crowd, when we're doing the best we can and playing the game of life, the game plan that was talked about last Sunday, when you're doing the best you can to play the game of life and do what you should, do you not think the Master sees you there? He's checking you out, ladies and gentlemen. So, when life throws you that's not what I expected curveball, be reminded he's not surprised and he can be trusted and he's filled with compassion. He's neither deaf, blind, nor incapacitated and he knows us as individuals. He's watching for us in the crowd. As Mark leads us in this song, Mark and the worship team in this song, while they are singing it and presenting it to us. I would invite you who wish to do so to come forward and just stand across the front. And I'll be back when the song is concluded and we'll pray for Pastor Tim, Pastor Buckingham and all that's a part of this circumstance.